Well, welcome back to the Let It Be Us podcast. My name is Ross Cochran. I am so glad that you're here. I have the privilege of hosting these conversations, and I have the the extra privilege of sitting down with one of the people that I admire the most in this world. Uh, Susan McConnell is the executive director and the founder of Let It Be Us. Susan, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Ross. So, Susan, there's a couple of things that I want to accomplish today, but for Folks who are just discovering Let It Be Us through this podcast, can you let people know what does Let It Be Us do for kids in foster care and the foster care system in Illinois? Okay. Let It Be Us is a 501c3 nonprofit. We are a licensed child welfare agency. All of our programs point to permanency. Uh, Permanency is a protective layer. I believe it's the best thing that you can give to a child in foster care. In Illinois, we rank last at permanency. So um, so we're trying to, to help the system get better at that. It makes a lot of sense. And really, if there was a theme for this season, I'm too ADD to work in themes. But if there was, the theme would really be permanency because of what you just said. It is, it is the best outcome for the child. It's what you guys have made clear to me in all of our conversations. And it's what Let It Be Us is really all about. Uh, one of the things that I think really is disheartening for people is what you just said about this sort of the way that Illinois ranks in comparison to the rest of the country. And it's this sort of siloed system. I want to be clear here. This is not the, the fault of any one particular person, one particular uh, agency. This is a system that's built on brokenness. So of course, there's going to be uh, brokenness that is a part of this, but can you help folks who are new to foster care understand kind of the way in which these silos of communication exist and how Let It Be Us bridges that gap? Yeah, so unfortunately, you have to understand first that large systems are very difficult to change. Can we ever change a large system? I don't know, but we can raise the water in a small river. So we can look at pieces of permanency and we can design programs that work in the gaps that will help the most. So if we go to these places where there are giant problems that no one's worked on, very complex problems, uh, not wicked problems. You know, wicked problems are, hmm, that's a big problem. I don't really know if we can ever solve it. Complex problems we can we can solve. These are complex problems that lead to the wicked problem of permanency. Uh, so it is our way of attacking that problem. Uh, we we believe that when you take all of the homes that are list, licensed and you create a centralized database, it gives agencies an opportunity to share. They don't have to share. Sometimes they don't share, but a lot of times they do share. And when you have access to more homes, you can make a stronger placement. And that is one of the main things that can improve permanency is making a stronger placement. So if a child comes into foster care, that child only speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. You have access to more homes. You can better find a home where that child can communicate and that child can be comfortable. Yeah. That's be- a good example. Yeah. Because if that child is in agency A and agency A has only a probably only has a couple of Spanish-speaking homes, Agency B's Spanish-speaking homes may never find out about that child if it weren't for Let It Be Us. So tell me more about your database. 
The database is created, um, it's created by the licensed homes themselves. So people who have a foster care license can join the database. We don't go by the database anywhere. We don't take it from agencies. These are uh, people who have said, I have an opening. I'm looking for this kind of placement. I want to join this larger database. The database is also, it consists of profiles, so people can go into the database. They're given a their own uh, login and password, and they can go in and change their information when their information changes. So in theory, that database should be about as up-to-date up to date as any database of licensed and open homes. That's a really real valuable asset. We are contacted by caseworkers from all of the private agencies all day long, um, including DCFS. 60% of our users are from DCFS. So it's a very valuable tool. Um, the truth is they can't find the homes that they need. And so this gives them um, a, a deeper bench from which to select families. Yeah. I think it's a very logical thing. If you're new to this, it might be the kind of thing where you're confused on how innovative this just is. But what's remarkable about the work that you've been able to build, and I want to specifically highlight two things that you said, which are 60% of the users are DC, are from DCFS. And that this is something that agencies from, from around the region, all different kinds of agencies take advantage of. You've created something that is open to any caseworker. So if there's any professionals who are listening, who are going, I want to make a better placement. I want to make permanency a more realistic option for the kids that I'm entrusted with, Let It Be Us is a partner for you. And they're, they just happen to be a phone call away. Placement and permanency go hand in hand. Um, placement is very, very important to permanency. And I'll give you a couple of more examples. If you can find a placement for a child in their current school district, then that means they don't lose contact with any healthy adults who might be teachers, coaches, grandparents. It also means they don't have to change schools. According to research, every time a child changes schools, they lose six months. Wow. Now we have some we have some counties um, in Illinois, like Lake County, for example. We call it an open foster home desert. In Lake County right now, about 40% of the kids who come into foster care or move throughout foster care are moved outside of Lake County. So they lose contact with all healthy adults. That affects permanency. Uh, it decreases their chance of ever being able to go home. That affects permanency. It impacts their education. That affects permanency. Yeah. Well, again, this is one of those things that I think is very logical for people. You know, you think about the trauma that it takes for a child to wind up in the foster care system in the first place. And then this is trauma upon trauma upon trauma. But the difference is, to go back to one of the first things you said, this is a complex problem, but this is a, this is a solvable problem. Yeah. And so when you look at how we are able to solve that problem, we are not contracted with DCFS. But since it's such a large system and difficult to turn around, we can come in, work in the gaps, create this database that's a good overlay, when you, when you create that protective layer that is privately funded, it allows the, the private funders and the public funders to collaborate. Yeah. There's an agility to what you guys are able to do that I think if people take the time to learn about the system, 
and learn about what you guys do, whether you are part of the system or not, you can't help but support it. That was certainly my experience. But we think about permanency with adoption and you know these conversations are getting released during what is known as National Adoption Awareness Month. But permanency is a lot more nuanced than just adoption, right? What programs specifically does Let It Be Us have established that improve permanency? Yeah, so our placement support program, which offers that protective layer, uh, that database of licensed and open homes, as well as uh, technology that 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 helps with search tools, and um, it just it 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 provides it provides the, the it provides the information to the caseworkers they they just don't have access to. So if they're located in this town and the need for the family that they need is in this town, they have no way of knowing about that family. So by providing this information to the caseworkers through this database, through these search tools, they they can make a stronger placement. And it's that stronger placement that has quite an impact on permanency. And that could raise our permanency rates significantly. I'm curious, you know, we're gonna talk about permanency a lot on this podcast and we're going to talk to a lot of amazing experts like yourself but one of the things that I think you are you are uniquely qualified to speak to is what do you think permanency means to a child permanency to a child means comfort and permanency to a child means I get to have different life outcomes than if I didn't have permanency. It means I get to go to school. I get to pay attention in school. I have people who love me long term, who love me and care about me and will be a support system, be my family forever. Whether it's my original family, family of origin, whether it's a relative whether it's a brand new family through adoption, every child needs a family and every young adult needs a family. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lifelong support system, Ross. It it's there forever and ever. Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed too, you guys have recently, if I understand correctly, launched your special families program and are able to provide permanency to kids who are, who have a wide range of special needs and require specialized care and specialized homes. And can you tell folks more about that? Sure. So we have received private funding to, to take that placement support program and branch off to really serve two populations. One is teens and one is kids of all ages, including teens who have special needs. And I mean, kids who have experienced down syndrome autism, cerebral palsy, medical complexities. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how, and why is that important? Um, I'll give you a good example, the ultimate example. Um, DCFS doesn't really have access to specialized homes, two kinds of foster care license, traditional, specialized. DCFS doesn't license for specialized. DCFS licenses about 17% of their homes. The rest, it farms out. So they farm out licensing of specialized homes. Well, there's a caseworker in an office with a little girl who's 11 in a wheelchair. But the caseworker does not have access to the specialized licensed specialized homes. And so how is she going to find a placement for that child? But when she comes to us, since we have access to all of the open and licensed homes, we can say, where are you? 
oh, this is the town you're in. There's three near you that are licensed for specialized. Um, they're handicapped accessible. They're open. Let's call them and let's see if this might work out because maybe we can get this little girl in a home by four o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. It, it can happen really, really fast when you when you have technology and you have the data right at your fingertips. Yeah. And you do. What I hope people hear in that is not only your passion, but ultimately the hope that comes with that. You know, folks who have been foster parents, folks who have done this for a long time, understand the the wide range of emotion that comes from getting a call from a caseworker around noon and then having a child in your home by 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. And for some of you listening, that child who came into your home four years, four hours later is still in your home for months, four weeks, four years, or 40 years later. And uh, we're so glad that that is part of your story. But Susan, what I'm curious about for you is you started Let It Be Us in a different environment in Illinois than it currently is. Unfortunately, not nearly as much has changed as it has, but you have been a part of creating so much change of outcomes for these kids in in care. And I'm curious, what do you ultimately hope for Let It Be Us? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I, I started by hoping we could make, make systematic change. Uh, I think I'm, I'm more realistic now about that. Um, I do, I have seen us raise the level of the water in a small river. And I think we can do that over and over again. If we can do it enough, we could impact the system. We've developed the, the innovation. We mm-hmm. have it. We do it. And we're scaling it all the time. It's hard work. It's not easy, Ross. Um, you, you have to really pay attention. And, um, you know, the, the database isn't always easy to use. Sometimes we have to access it, internet problems. Um, three cases come in at the same time. You know what I mean? We've been able to grow our staff and we've been able to improve our technology. So we're, we're getting it done and, and it's really, really adding up. Uh, in 2021, we worked on about 250 cases. Okay. Uh, in 2022, we're on target to work on 600 cases. I know. So what is 2023 going to bring? Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. If you've heard anything about the foster care system, it's probably not exactly all been positive. But Let It Be Us is here to help. Let It Be Us has coaches who provide one-on-one licensing support to walk you through what can sometimes feel like a frustrating process that's stacked against you. Let It Be Us coaches are experienced. They've seen it all, and they've been where you've been. Most importantly, they are there specifically to answer any and all of your questions throughout the licensing process from picking an agency to navigating training to the home study. Let It Be Us coaches will do everything they can to help you get licensed and prepare your home for whatever kids are meant for you. Get started today at letitbeus.org or via the show notes in today's episode. Now, a lot of those cases, some of those cases we can't solve. They're just not solvable. Mm -hmm. 
lot of those cases we can solve, and a lot of those cases we can solve perfectly, so perfectly that the placement is so awesome that it stays. If that child goes home, they support reunification. If that child needs to be adopted, they're able to be adopted. I mean, you look at the outcomes and at least they have the opportunity to have those outcomes. Yeah. What are you currently engaged in? What are you currently um, optimistic about? Uh, or what? what is the work that you're currently engaged in that you feel like is where you're pouring your energy in that's fueling the same sort of innovative spirit that led you to start Let It Be Us in the first place? So two things. I'm working on my doctorate degree. I'm about to finish my second year. So that means next year, 23, is my last year. So, uh, so I'm excited about that because my capstone project is all about permanency. I think permanency is the answer. And I think there's a lot of room in, of course, we rank last at permanency in Illinois. So there's a lot of room for improvement. I'm always also really excited about the Family First Preservation Act. It's okay. national legislation. It's being enacted in Illinois at the beginning of 2023. Uh, it does two things. It does a, it does a whole lot of things, but it does two main things. One is it strengthens original families. So if a child can, if children can stay at home or return home, we know statistically that's the best outcome. That isn't what we do at Let It Be Us. What we do at Let It Be Us is for those children who can't go home, we find the perfect placement. Think of extreme recruitment. That's what we do every single day. And so what the, the second thing the family Family First Preservation Act does is it removes funding for congregate living. Those are group homes. So kids who don't have to be in group homes don't will not live in group homes anymore. So now we will have access to them and we will be able to find placements with a family. That that's going to have that'll be better outcomes for those kids. That's huge. Yep. It is. It's it's real it's remarkable. It's exciting. Uh, it's going to be, it's just, it's just going to be a time of change in Illinois. And I'm, I'm really, really happy about it. I'm glad that let it be us in 2024 celebrates. We celebrate our 10th year. So next year will be our ninth year. And we have really developed these programs now. And we have staff like you wouldn't believe who are very capable, very trained. We're ready to go. Yeah. I would say too, that one of the things that I just see from my outside perspective is you guys are in let it be us is in this unique position. And I've said this before on the podcast quite a bit, which is you and I are doing this podcast and obviously it is a let it be us podcast. But one of the things that I find very unique about this as an organization is people are going to discover this because they are curious about foster care in the state of Illinois and then they're going to call it a BS and you're going to answer. And there's not an organization in foster care that does that. And what I hope people take advantage of is the fact that you guys exist explicitly for that purpose. Because what you guys want is to, you, call, you keep calling it a small river, but by raising the water in that river, you're going to make that small river quite large. We can do it. It's a it it's going to, it's a wonderful opportunity now. 2023, 2024 are going to be really, really the doors are opening 
to yeah. really help these kids. The fact that there's national funding that says we will not pay for congregate care is a blessing to those kids. They've been stuck in that system and that is going to bust that apart. And so all of these licensed homes that we have in this database, their their doors are open. Mm-hmm. And and we're the conduit to that. So one of the things that I want to make sure we touch on though is do you ever feel like the work for Let It Be Us will be done? Do I ever feel like the the work work, could be done? I don't think, I don't think I do feel like the work will be done. I mean, I'm dedicated to this for the rest of my life. Now, my kids, I'm, I have four children, all grown free range young adults. (laughs) Um, They're on, they're all on their own. Um, So I have the time and, uh, and I have the energy and, uh, and I have the, the, I have the team. Yeah. Let it be us is a really, really strong engine with very strong people. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be very, very exciting to work on, on all of these projects. Um, We collaborate with other agencies, you know, other agencies don't even talk to each other and we collaborate with a number of them. And I mean, our doors are open. And I want people who maybe have come into the foster care system, maybe they feel they felt burned by the system in some way to hear that loud and clear. Because I think often the navigating the system feels like navigating a lot of closed doors. And that is the exact opposite of what you're going to find at Let It Be Us. I want to be careful here because this conversation could easily just sound like two people agreeing with each other for 30 minutes. But... I think it's important for people to hear not only how you've been a leader in this place, in this space, you are the, uh, oh man, I just had it here. You're the chair of the permanency committee for the Illinois statewide foster care advisory board. So as that name would suggest, you are laser focused. Permanency is my middle name. Yeah. You're laser focused on improving permanency in Illinois, but for these kids in care for let it be us. When you're going to bed at night, what do you ultimately hope for, for this organization that you started eight, soon to be nine, soon to be 10 years ago? What I hope for is to always see more of what we see now, which is these kids getting in the right placement the first time, having their education impacted the least, having their heart and soul remain intact so that ultimately they can grow up to be all that that God gave them. I I I think we can do it, Ross. I think we do it every day. And it's that, it's it's those placements that I see that feed my soul and say, do it again, do it again, do it again. You said you had, you're gonna impact about 650 cases. I'm not all that good at math but 52 weeks in a year means your phone's ringing quite a bit. Right. And one of the things that I hope people don't lose sight of is the fact that on the end of that phone is a caseworker who's trying to figure out the best possible home for a child. Mm -hmm. And that child represents a family and there's so much that is stacked up against this system. 
And what I love so much about the fact that you guys asked me to do this and getting to talk to you and getting to talk to people like you is the fact that you guys are working to reverse the tide that is stacked up against these kids and those caseworkers and their families. And those of you who are listening, the last thing I'll say is listening to this podcast should not be the only thing you do to, to get in the game. I hope you take whatever your next step is and let it be us going to let it be going to one of their webinars, signing up for their newsletter, following them on social media. These are all great next steps. If listening to this podcast was your first step, but uh, Susan, I'll leave last word to you. Well, I would invite you to go to our staff page and send me an email, collaborate with us. If you're another agency, collaborate with us. If you're the governor of the state, meet with us. If you're the leader of DCFS, meet with us. We, our, our doors open and we are doing it. Um, so, so I, I, I welcome anyone who wants to collaborate to come and collaborate with us. It's uh, we've developed the technology, we've we've developed the innovation, we've implemented it, we've measured it. It's evidence based. It's working. We're getting kids in homes. We're changing their lives. Uh, caseworkers are able to go home at night instead of spending the night in their own offices, and it's just it's just a beautiful thing. And. Um, you know, it's it's recruitment, matching, and placement applied to child welfare. It's private funding, public funding, a marriage. And, uh, you know, we've been able to, to hire just the best staff who know everything about foster care and everything about technology. And, um, and like I said, it, it can happen fast and it's, it's just so rewarding that it fuels us to do it again the next day. Let It Be Us, a foster care and adoption podcast is made possible by the amazing team of experts at Let It Be Us. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more information about Let It Be Us and how you can help out kids in foster care today. This podcast is dedicated to the entire foster care community of parents, professionals, and donors who are doing everything they can to help kids in foster care across Illinois. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. The theme song for this podcast is Into Silence by Made to Be. And you also heard their song, You Know a Better Way. Thank you for being one of us. And thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.